Well, g'day. Welcome to Like Flint Radio. I'm your host, GK, and it seems I've found my way back into your ears. In this episode, I'm talking to Frank Johnson about Edgar Casey. I want to tell you a bit more about that in just a moment, but right now I want to share some news with you about a bit of restructuring that's going on here at LFR. You'll have noticed that I'm doing the majority of the show solo at the moment, and that's going to continue for now for a while, uh, as Andy has taken on a 75% study load at university and is still working full-time. Cliff and I will continue to do episodes of a historical nature, and I have another episode of Cliff's False Messiah series coming soon, and I can tell you that it's a cracker. Uh, I'd also like to ask you to pray for Cruzy, pray for his internet connection, and, uh, and pray that I can get him onto the show a bit more in the future as well. Okay, so now to the show at hand. Frank Johnson is an author and researcher. He writes articles for Ancient Aliens Debunk, among other things. And you can find his articles on their website, ancientaliensdebunked.com. Now, we've had Frank on Like Flint Radio before, and you can go into our archives and look for episode number six and have a listen to that if you like. I really enjoy spending time with Frank. He's a scholar and a thorough gentleman of the highest order, and I appreciate his fellowship. Okay, so without further ado, here's yours truly and Frank Johnson in a discussion about the sleeping prophet, Edgar Casey. Well, welcome back to Like Flint Radio, Frank Johnson. G'day, Frank. G'day, Bruce. <laughs> How are you? I am good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good too. Thank you very much. Um, listen, uh, I've been waiting to talk to you for a while uh, and wanted to do another recording with you. Uh, I've been very keen. Um, so what are we going to be talking about today? Yeah, today I um, figured we'd talk a little bit about Edgar Cayce, um, he so-called sleeping prophet. Okay, so I know a little bit about him myself. I remember some time back, um, I think it was when, I think when one of my older brothers was reading Chariots of the Gods and he was investigating all these str- weird and wonderful things and I think I... Uh, stumbled across Edgar Casey at that time as well, but mm. uh, to be honest with you, I haven't looked at him or thought about it for a lo- for a while. So, when did you first become interested, and in why in the Ed Casey story? Sure, yeah, like um, like with you, I was just reading uh, Chariots of the Gods again, and he actually uh, Von Daniken brought him up in the book, and it reminded me that long ago I kind of looked into him and was interested. So. I think when I when I first heard of him, he it was like ooh maybe in the eighties or nineties, you know, and they, it was on some TV special or something, and you know, talking about all the predictions, and I think they mainly focused on like his stuff with Atlantis and whatever, and I just remembered, oh, that's kind of really interesting, and so um, later on when I was, you know, in my twenties, I I kind of was you know, an immature Christian at the time, and I was trying to figure out other stuff and 
trying to come back from doing some new age stuff, you know, and, and I was thinking, oh, hey, this guy, Casey, he was a, a Christian, right? And he had all these like psychic powers. So maybe that's something I can look into. And so I started to, you know, look into him a bit more. And then as my faith recovered in Christ, you know, I did some more research into him and realized that, hey, this guy, you know, there's something not quite right about him. And so that's kind of the, in a nutshell, where I'm with, where I am with Casey. So, um, kind of grew up knowing about him and kind of here and there looked into him. And I just got reminded of him again when I was doing the book review for Chariots of the Gods. So, so it was that Chariots of the Gods connection. There you go. That's how long. See, I didn't even realize that. I just know my brother read the book and, um, yeah. And I remember reading the book too. And I remember at that, I had those, that connect, connection with, uh, Casey, uh, but hadn't realized it was, uh, he mentioned him in the book. So, um, there you go. That's mm-hmm. how long it has been since I've, uh, actually gave him a lot of deep thought. But, um, so, okay. So he was alive from 1877 to 1945. Uh, his nickname was the sleeping prophet. We know that. Now there was something that I, I'd sent you that, uh, I think I just, I got it off Wikipedia. And, and it was interesting because I noticed that, um, uh, just reading off Wikipedia in his earlier, uh, early days, he had a, it was, I think it was laryngitis. And mm-hmm. what got me, what fascinated me was that he was, um, hypnotized a couple of times to try and alleviate him from this problem because apparently he lost his, uh, ability to speak. And I thought, now I thought, okay, all right, um, Hypnosis is something that we, in general, most Christians wouldn't want to um, touch or play around with. And I was wondering if maybe this was where uh, his problems stem from. And I'll just read a little bit about this, and then we can go into some of the other stuff that you, you want to talk about as well. Sure. But um, it says that um, he had severe laryngitis, and in 1901, a traveling stage hypnotist and entertainer named Hart, who referred to himself as the Laugh Man, was performing at the Hopkinsville Opera House. Hart heard about Casey's condition and offered to attempt a cure. Casey accepted his offer, and the experiment took place on stage in front of an audience. Casey's voice allegedly returned while in a hypnotic trance, but disappeared on awakening. Hart Mm -hmm. tried a post-hypnotic suggestion that the voice would continue to function after the trance, but this proved unsuccessful. It goes on to say that a local hypnotist, Al Lane, offered to help Casey in restoring his voice. Lacey suggested that Casey describe the nature of his condition and cure while in a hypnotic trance. Casey described his own ailment from a first-person plural point of view, we, instead of the singular I. In subsequent sessions, when Casey wanted to indicate that the connection was made to the entity of the person that was requesting the reading, he would generally start off with, we have the body. Uh, now, doesn't this sound like possession? You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. According to the reading for the entity of Casey, his voice loss was due to psychological paralysis and could be corrected by increasing the blood flow to the voice box. Lane suggested that the blood flow be increased and Casey's face supposedly became flushed with blood and both his chest and throat turned bright red. After 20 minutes, still in a trance, Casey declared the treatment over, 
On awakening, his voice was alleged to have remained normal. Apparently, relapses occurred, but were said to have been corrected by Lane in the same way, and eventually the cure was said to be permanent. Now, add to that, um, and, you know, it does sound a bit like, if this is a true account, um, you know, from a Christian perspective, we might say, okay, this sounds like this guy could be be, be possessed. He's, he's opened the doorway and he's become possessed. But I find it interesting that it also goes on to say that Lane had read of similar hypnotic cures by the Marquis de... All right, I'm not even going to pronounce that. It's French and it's not Dissard, I can tell you that. A follower of Franz Mesmer, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And so when we look at um, Franz Mesmer, Franz Mesmer was a German physician. Uh, so he was 1734 to 1815. Was a German physician with an interest in astronomy who theorized that there was a natural energetic transference that occurred between all anima- animated and inanimate objects that he called animal magnetism sometimes later referred to as mesmerism. The theory mm-hmm. attracted a wide following between about 1780 and 1850 and continued to have some influence until the end of the century. In 1843, the Scottish physician James Bray proposed the term hypnosis for a technique derived from animal magnetism. Today, this is usually the meaning of mesmerism. Now, one more thing before we move on. When you look up the meaning of mesmerism, uh, it is the method or power of gaining control over someone's personality or actions as in hypnosis or suggestion. So I offer up the opinion that this is possibly what happened to Edgar Casey, and he did become possessed. And I'm not sure what happened before because you might be able to tell us what happened to his younger younger days before this, but later on he's definitely, in my opinion, a possessed person. What do you think? Oh yeah, I definitely I uh, think you're you're definitely on the right track there. He uh I think that was maybe the <clears throat> the, the big turning point for him probably because after that, yeah, he kinda did all of the you know, prophesying and predictions and stuff and that's definitely, I think you're right on the head there, yeah. Um, now, now, he did have a lot of weird stuff going on in his younger days, too, but um, he didn't do any of the predicting or anything like that. When Casey was a kid, he was, he used to have a claim, you know, even as young as a boy, that he could, you know, sleep with a book under his pillow and gain the knowledge from the book, which anyone wishes they could do, probably, um, he was still able to, to make diagnoses, if that's a word, and uh, diagnose people. Right. Um, but he didn't, it doesn't seem he was really famous for it like he was in his later years. But, you know, I, I think early in his younger days, too, you know, because he grew, he did grow up with sort of a biblical Christian background. Um, but he kind of turned it into thinking into some sort of like pantheism idea, like, Okay, you know, I, I believe in God in the Bible, but look at how beautiful nature is. God has to be like inhabiting all of it, kind of like a pantheistic worldview. So it's kind of he he kind of always had interesting ideas, I guess you would say, you know, that weren't quite in line with the Bible, even though he 
he thought they were, I guess. So those those things that happened uh, when he was younger, combined with the part mm-hmm. that I just sort of read, can tell us that this guy's setting himself up for a stranger, strange later life. But um, mm-hmm. okay. So what was he known for? Um, I noticed that you mentioned um in the information you sent me. Uh, prophecies, but also what was the archaeological connection? Yeah, he would, um, you know, he would uh, uh, diagnose people and, and give treatments, a lot of them involving uh, application of castor oil, but um, he he was really known a lot. One of the things was for archaeological things, and he would claim stuff like there was a hall of records underneath the, the Sphinx in Egypt, um, he also made claims like the, you know, in a certain year, um, an Atlantean death ray would be found. Um, it never was, but <laughs> uh, he claimed it would be. He also claimed that, uh, you know, Atlantis would, would be found and, and rise up again. And so those were some of the the more well-known archaeological things he supposedly discovered. He made a lot of uh, predictions about the future. Um, you know, like I was saying, he claimed that, uh, you know, certain artifacts would be found in the future proving, you know, Atlantis existed and all this stuff. Um, he also made a lot of uh, predictions about, you know, end times. And, and uh, you know, let me just go through a couple of them here. Um, yeah, so just general predictions. Now, these are predictions he made that were not, they, they never actually happened, but, um, you know, he prophesied that uh, 1933 would be a, a good year, um, but that's the year Hitler was elected. Right, um, right. Also, the Great Depression was kind of like getting to be a bad point or just starting at that point. Um, you know, he, he claimed Atlantis would be found, and, and people do claim that it was found at the Bimini Road in Bermuda, but... Um, you know, I have a little link to a debunk I did on that one and in a blog I did a while ago. He also claimed California was to drop into the ocean. Um, it hasn't yet. <laughs> uh, hopefully it doesn't, but, uh, you know, that was one of his predictions. Right. Um, but his, one of his, my favorite ones is uh, Jesus was supposed to return in 1998, and the Battle of Armageddon would be 1999. Um, that didn't happen. <laughs> so, like a lot of people, when they predict such stuff like that, I, I think he, I don't know if Harold Camping did this, but I think he he might have. Um, so what Casey did is he spiritualized it because it didn't happen literally uh, like he predicted. So, right, I think like like you see with Jehovah's Witnesses, um, and I think even Harold Camping, you know, oh, he came back spiritually. You know, you, you just can't right. see him. It's all. Right. It's all in the spirit world. So yeah. um, he also predicted that China would completely convert to Christianity by 1968. And although, you know, there are a lot of strong Christians or it's not like it's the state religion. So um, certainly I wouldn't say that one was a, was a true prediction by any means. Um, another one, Frank, that Japan would um, fall into the sea, a large part of Japan would collapse into the ocean. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and uh, that hasn't happened as yet. Um, like you said, Cal- was it California he predicted? 
Yeah, he. I, that's what I got on my notes here. He said uh, yeah. California, yeah. Yeah. And um, the Earth would tilt on its axis and produce a drastic physical alterations of our planet. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, that one comes up a lot in, in, in New Age stuff, I've noticed, does too. Does it? Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I, now that you mention that, I remember Casey said that, too. That's Yeah. Yeah. Um, now... Besides the major things that he prophesied, was he was he healing people? Was he trying to do? He was performing healings as well. He, yeah, he he did. Um, you know, people would write to him, or I, I think mainly people wrote letters to him, or he would, you know, visit people, do kind of like a doctor's appointment thing, and mm-hmm. you know, he would uh, when he's diagnosing people's ailments, he would go into his trance and then. Um, Kind of the way he did it was weird too. Is he would um, he would kind of do his trance and then he would um, go to what he called a, a, I guess a hall of records, which is what you see in New Age circles, and then he would yep. supposedly contact an entity there, and this entity would give him whatever information on the person or situation he was inquiring about. And then from there, from whatever information he got, he would give a diagnosis and treatment. And a lot of people swear by it. You know, they they think it was a, you know, legitimate thing from that. But, um, you know, some of the, the healing stuff he, he said was, you look at it and it's, you know, if it works, then they should be hitting the cancer wards with this because... Um, right. <laughs> You know, he said that like three almonds a day would cure cancer. Yeah. Um, castor oil. If I have a link to one of his web pages. I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend people go to it. But right. if you're, you know, curious, he there's a whole host of things that, you know, applying castor oil would uh, would would cure um, from alcoholism to, yeah, you name it. It's it's pretty much will cure it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, that was a kind of an interesting thing. Um, and, and, you know, looking into, I I think a couple of medical places, they, they talk about some of his cures, you know, and that there's no basis for, for that at all. Now they do use castor oil in chemotherapy to deliver the drugs sometimes, but it's not like it's doing the curing. It's just, uh, you know, so he kind of got that that thing going on. Is he would you know make these diagnoses and you know people would take the treatment and it would supposedly cure them. So, um, but when you look at a lot of the treatments, you know, it's just not not really something you would expect to work. Right. So we have these uh, strange things going on in his early life, um, mm-hmm. being hypnotized. We have him um, giving prophecies. Uh, which you know none came to pass. Uh, doing healings. Now he considered himself a Christian, didn't he, Frank? Yeah, he sure did. Um, you know, he definitely grew up with that background. Um, mm-hmm. He attended church regularly. He read the Bible. Um, some people, I think, he's been said to have written read it, not written it. Well, he that comes later, but <laughs> he uh, he read it at least once a year. Um. And he taught Sunday school, which that doesn't really mean anything, you know. But, you know, from all outward appearances, you would say, hey, this guy is a Christian. 
what's he got to say, you know? Right. Okay. And and so obviously you and I um, would agree that we we don't think he he was a uh, an Orthodox Christian in the um, uh, small o Orthodox Christian, but um. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't he be called a Christian? What's your argument? What what do you find uh, in the scriptures that would tell us that he isn't? And uh, why we would probably call him have to call him a false prophet? Sure. Yeah, I think um, you know when you start to look at some of the claims he made and some of the evidence, and then especially when you compare that to the Bible, you'll see that he's um if he was a christian he's going to have a lot to account for uh, i'll just leave it at that so um you know one of the first things without even getting into specific uh scriptures yet is he claimed well he, he taught re- reincarnation some of the things he he taught about uh reincarnation was that he uh he wrote the gospel of luke in a previous life um so that's pretty impressive, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, I didn't, I didn't know that about him actually. Yeah, he, I've that's only, I've only the, just learnt that right now from you. Right? Okay. Well, that's that's a that's good. <laughs> yeah. At least you learn something. You can go home now, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, I think you said to me that he also said that um, Jesus was Adam in a previous life as well. Yeah, he did. He did write that actually. Yep. And um, so he he wrote that uh, Jesus was. Um, just want, like he would continuously, you know, reincarnate into different characters in the Bible and different great teachers. Um, yeah. He so that, that takes away, that takes away from who we believe Jesus is because, yeah, um, right. you know, it says here that Jesus was just another in a long line of his appearances and that really, it's the Christ consciousness that's, that's the important right, yeah. part. Now that's very new age teaching about oh, this yeah. Christ consciousness. Um, and so, you know, we, we can never judge a person's motivations, right? We can't mm-hmm. say, you know, this person did this because. But we can pass judgment on what they say they believe and their actions, and that's what we're really doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can't see any uh, smaller Orthodox Christian saying that Jesus um, no. uh, was in a previous incarnation was Adam and then came back as several other biblical and uh, was it extra biblical um, uh, teachers as well, Frank? Yeah, there there were some. I I don't have any of them written down here, but he, you know, some of them were, you know, just various teachers you would recognize. Um, right. Yeah, that, that were you know people respect as great teachers. Yeah, yeah. So you know, he made all these predictions about the future. That you know, people can make predictions all they want, but to be like a genuine prophet of God, uh, you you have to fit a requirement. Basically, all of your predictions have to be true. And, um, and I'll just read this out of out of the Bible here, uh, Deuteronomy eighteen eighteen through twenty two. Um, God pretty clearly outlines what will happen with a prophet. So. Now, I, and without taking this out of context completely, I just want to kind of throw it out there as some of the requirements that somebody would have to meet. So, I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren, like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. But the prophet which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, 
or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. And if thou say in thine heart, How shall we know the word which the Lord hath, spoke, hath not spoken? When a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is a thing which the Lord hath not spoken. But the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously. Thou shalt not be afraid of him. So I take that to mean that, um, you know, if it's really God speaking through the prophet, then whatever he says to is going to pass is going to pass. And if he says it's, it, something's going to pass and it doesn't, then that's really not from God. That's kind of a great way to, you know, test and analyze if something really is a message from God or not. And as we saw earlier, uh, we kind of went over a bunch of his predictions. Uh, he's got quite a few that, that never happened. Um, now, there is like a Casey Institute that kind of explains some of those away. And I'm sure they have good apologists and, you know, good pat answers for that. But, I mean, if you look at it, um, you know, we never found a death ray, never found the Hall of Records and just... I mean, we could go down the list of all the predictions he made, and you'd find a bunch that never, never came true. Frank, did you say I, death ray? Yeah, he he predicted we'd find an Atlantean death ray. Well, no, no, that's. Did you see? You haven't seen War of the Worlds? They found no. the death ray. <laughs> so there's probably well, one. I, tick, I stand tick. corrected. <laughs> there's one tick for him. I've seen. I've seen it. It's in the movies and. As we know, everything in the movies is real because if it's wouldn't be on TV if it wasn't real. Well, that's true. That's true. The, no, I didn't on... know that one about him about the death ray man. That's quite that's quite corny to be honest. Cool, I like it. <laughs> yeah, me, me too. Yeah. Although I do have to say, Spielberg's War of the Worlds had some of the best death ray action I've seen that, ever. That's what I was re- referring to. Yeah, yeah. That, that version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty pretty intense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, there's that, uh, there's what he's got against him as far as being a prophet of God is concerned. Um, we also did touch on reincarnation. So we're, I'm all over the place here cause it's early and haven't had coffee, but, uh, re backing up to reincarnation quick. Um, um, just to derail you again, yeah, yeah, just sure. little, I, I want to derail you, um, because I want our listeners to know that it's actually 5am in the morning for you. Uh, you're up early to record with me, and I'm grateful for because many um, Americans that I record with, um, I don't actually usually get to record with them on the same day. Like we're both on Saturday. Usually, um, someone in the United States is, is uh, you know, the, um, the the evening before, and uh, I'm the fo- obviously on the following day. So this is quite novel recording with someone from the United States um, who's oh. on the same day with me. So we're both here on Saturday, but um, you have been gracious and got up at 5 a.m. So um, I'm surprised you haven't had a coffee. My impression is that uh, many Americans don't function without a morning coffee. I really don't, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I just didn't didn't want to have to get up and, you know, pause our recording. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, why not? I mean, when I record with Cliff, he just goes and makes a coffee while we're doing it. You can hear him stirring his cup. I've left that in myself and uh, Andy have left uh, uh, parts in where Cliff's making a coffee and talking to us at the same time. Um, g'day, Cliff. G'day, Andy. 
You know, if you want, just for the recording, I can, I can, because I, I drink instant coffee. I can go <laughs> grab the thing and, and start making it just for the recording if you want. Okay. So re-railing back to, uh, right. you know, just uh, summarizing uh, the profit thing and then also the bit on reincarnation. So, um, you know, we we also can tell he's not a true prophet of God because as we, we talked about, you know, earlier, he taught reincarnation. I mean, not only did he teach that Jesus was a Christ consciousness reincarnating a lot, like I said, he was the reincarnation of Dr. Luke who wrote the gospel, um, you know, and just generally teaches that when people die, they go to other planets, kind of a Mormonism sort of thing, and live out another life there and then come back. It's just a whole bunch of reincarnating everywhere. But anyone who's a, you know, a true prophet of God, you know, cannot teach reincarnation because, you know, Hebrews nine twenty seven it says, that, and it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. So, you know, there's, I don't see any wiggle room in that for reincarnation. Um, you know, there are people who can twist scripture to say reincarnation is a thing, but um, I think that's, you know, Hebrews right there is pretty clear on, on it. So Right, right. And, yeah. and as I keep saying, it's, uh, these things are certainly not, not a part of uh, small A Orthodox Christianity uh, whatsoever. So, agree. Yeah. 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 And so that kind of, uh, you know, brings us to the last thing that really disqualifies uh, Casey as uh, a true prophet is what he taught about Jesus. Um, you know, we see in, in the Bible and, you know, most Orthodox Christianity can can say that uh, Jesus is, is pre-incarnate, not reincarnated, pre-incarnate. You know, he is God, but he took on human flesh. That's pretty much the Bible's stance on who Jesus is. Um, you know, first, Casey, he doesn't support the deity of Christ, as we understand it. You know, by preaching that Jesus is uh, reincarnating consciousness, we kind of can also test Casey's stuff on that. So, you know, for, we have in, in 1 John 4, 1 through 3, it says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirit's whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in is it in the world. And, you know, you can take that to mean is that, like, at least I kind of take that to mean basically if you're getting messages from spirits, test it to make sure that that spirit lines up with what the Bible's saying about Jesus. You know, if it's saying something else about Jesus, like he's a consciousness, a Christ consciousness or an alien, then that spirit is not of God, you know? And, you know, looking at uh, Casey's, uh, his body of work, I, I don't think there's any point he, you could say where he did test the spirits to see what he was getting was really from God or not. Um, you know, he would just enter enter a trance, hit the Hall of Records, and talk to whatever entity was there. He didn't, I guess, try to see who that entity even was, much less um, test it to see if he was getting true biblical knowledge. So, 
you know, I would be inclined to think that from that he was either making it up or he was getting demonic revelation from from whatever entity was he was meeting with. And so, you know, all that to say, I really don't uh, think he lines up with what you would say is a biblical definition of a prophet. So therefore, we, we would agree that he was a false prophet. Yep. And, and actually, there was one, uh, there's a great biography on him on a genealogy site that I sent to you. Um, I would, there's a quote there that, to sum it up, he basically, um, what Casey has is more in common with like a, you know, a tribal shaman than, than like a biblical prophet. Um, the quote goes on to say like, uh, you know, in Casey, we find the typical shamanic themes of an initiatory illness, hereditary, you know, that's, um, I guess, what, uh, bloodline abilities or whatever. Um, so hereditary abilities, tutelage by spirit guides, ecstatic trances and visions, and narrated journeys into the spirit world in search of healing, knowledge, or personal advice. And so just with that little clip, I would say he was more into almost like a, a shamanism thing. And I think just from, I would agree with some of the conclusions I've read that he basically started the new age as we know it. Because a lot of what you see in the new age is, it's almost, you know, word for word or at least idea for idea from, from what Casey got. And so I think that that's kind of where I would kind of end my analysis of Casey and whether or not he's a prophet is, you know, look at his, what he says and look at the fruit he bore. And I, I don't see, I don't see people coming closer to Jesus from what he taught. All right. And obviously we're, discussing this as a warning to others who may be mm -hmm. tempted to uh, fall for him and others like him, right? That's right, yeah. I, I think I, that's one of the reasons I, I wanted to do this with you is because, yeah. um, you know, if you're coming out of the New Age or, you know, kind of a baby Christian and looking into other spiritual stuff and you hit on something in the New Age or you hit up Casey and you see, oh, hey, this guy's a Christian, you know, what's he got to say? And then you see that he's got all these, all this stuff that we talked about here, reincarnation predictions. You might be drawn into it. You know, I, I certainly was. I, mm. I was, um, kind of learning more about the Christian faith and what it meant. And I got into Casey a little bit and started thinking, oh man, maybe I've been reincarnated a lot, you know, whatever. And I started to question all this stuff and it, it didn't, it didn't help me at all. And, you know, I guess I just want to say to anybody out there who's, you know, a young Christian or, you know, any sort of a Christian and looking into Casey, it's just, he, he's, he's not legit. Don't, don't waste your time, I guess. And yeah, just learn from, from my mistake, I guess. All right. So one to avoid. Yeah. Just put a caveat in there that some of the links are kind of, woo, woo, woo. Yeah. <laughs> be careful, <laughs> be careful. Yeah. Mm. All right. All right. Well, Frank Johnson, thank you for joining us on Like Flint Radio. Yeah, thank you for having me, G. It's always, uh, I always enjoy talking to you. So. All right. Thanks, mate. Huru. Huru. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoyed my discussion with Frank Johnson. I certainly did, and I hope you got something out of it. There was uh, certainly some messages in there for new believers, uh, people who are listening to us who might still be 
interested in in the occult and things of that nature. So um, uh, let some of this be a warning to you and uh, do your own research um, as well. I thoroughly recommend that. Okay, um, that's the end of this episode for now. If you want to contact me, you can write to me at gk at lightflintradio.com. That's all lowercase, gk at lightflintradio.com. You can access our archive to check out our other shows at lightflintradio.com. And until next time, God bless and hooroo.